Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Internet Marketing. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Internet Marketing brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com and in today's show Kelvin talks to Stephen Kerrin, Managing Director of WebGains UK, all coming up in Internet Marketing. So I'm joined on the line by three of the um, the great guys at um, WebGains. Is it all right to just really quickly get um, a quick introduction from you, I suppose, the kind of 30 seconds of, of who you are and what you do for WebGains and kind of um, your background and where you kind of came into the world of performance marketing? Good morning, Kelvin. Nice to speak to you. Uh, Stephen Kering here. I'm the UKMD. I've been at WebGains for two years. Uh, I was at Trade Doubler for some years before that and e-spotting uh, before that, so some of you may have heard of some of those companies. Um, I've, I've worked in digital for since about the mid-90s in search and display and for an agency, and uh, and now I consider myself uh, fully um, a performance marketing and network person. Hi, Kelvin. Um, I'm Sarah. I'm the communications manager here at WebGames. I've been here for three years now, um, and I take charge of all our outbound communications, um, predominantly to our publishers and advertisers. Fantastic. And I mean, in terms of, you know, I've spoken recently um, to Chris Johnson um, from um, Performance In, who used to be known as um, Affiliates for You. There's kind of been this real change, I suppose, over the last 12 to 18 months of um, people perhaps from an affiliate marketing background um, kind of rebranding or renaming themselves to kind of performance marketing. Is that kind of just a reflection of the, you know, the market maturing or is there kind of, is it indeed the, um, the services that people who were perhaps traditionally affiliates are expanding into different areas? Um, I think to answer broadening um, of the demographics of those who are involved in what used to be recognised as affiliate marketing, which I think is why it's kind of evolved into like that change um, and you know, essentially the the practices now that are incorporated under that umbrella. Um, it's you know you've got more and more paid search and remarketing activity. Modern company, I think it's important that we move we move forward, and I'm sure Stephen will agree with me on this. That that as a company, we we no longer just just identify ourselves as an affiliate network, but we're more widely a performance network, and we are broadening our 
um, our skills. I don't know what Stephen has said. I don't know. I don't know how Stephen is. No, that's fine. I think we've described it well. I mean, we the, the difference. Our SME offering. A lot of clients come to us, and they are very keen on us being a CPA network, and for them to buy on a CPA, very much that what was traditionally affiliate. Although the definition of affiliate's a bit murky. In terms of yeah, you talked there about that kind of the the difference between kind of what SMEs are looking for in performance marketing and what kind of I suppose blue chip um, organisations are looking for in um, you know performance marketing is there kind of quite a, quite a distinct um, difference in terms of their approaches and, and where they're at in terms of different scales of organisation? Well, uh, yes, is the answer, mm-hmm. um, but it also varies from market to market, and it, and it also varies from advertiser to advertiser. I mean, we have some. You know, the big pitch documents that arrive now are increasingly referring to spending in more intelligent ways and not just on a CPA. You know, and that that does very much depend. I mean, you know, big big uh, car advertisers, for example, that are interested in CPL mixes and hybrids and um, fractional attribution and us looking at their display spend. But... Um, you know, some others who are equally big spenders are still only interested in acquisition through CPA. So there's a, there's a mix of answers to that, really, and it's a case by case. But I think, you know, the rebranding from A4U's performance in reflects that the networks in particular um, are more willing to embrace this more intelligent spending, you know, particularly in the middle of a recession and as technology develops, more intelligent spending um, so, so it does vary, but you know we're gearing ourselves up to be able to respond accordingly. And how does that kind of fit into the general trend of you know kind of progress? Uh, progr- can never pronounce it programmatic buying and the kind of the world of display where they're kind of real time bidding and the, the, yeah. the you know the, the almost kind of being like the financial stock exchanges now that the way that um, you know display advertising on a, uh, a cost per impression uh, model is kind of getting very sophisticated there as well. Is there kind of an increasing integration between yeah, the very, two? Very much so. Yes. I yeah. mean, we you know our our top publishers are obviously getting traffic in that way, and they, they need us to to um, respond properly with what we offer and the deals that we're able to get from our advertisers. Mm. The advertisers are looking for incremental sales, so they're looking for, you know, proper intelligent buying through, you know, the, the big uh, networks so that they can get incremental sales. I mean, we just, we simply cannot uh, rely on the three million members from Quidco, for example, supplying enough traffic for us anymore. So, we, you know, us as a network and what we do independently, um, through our publishers is, is very much based about programmatic buying and the way that we can offer um, different ways for advertisers to spend money. And does that require kind of quite a different skill set, really? Because it is that almost then you kind of if you kind of remove the fact that it's a, a advert, um, a creative, and all the kind of stuff that goes into that. I suppose in some ways that is kind of quite similar to the you know the stocks and shares, the shorting, that kind of the you know are the quants the people who are going to take over performance marketing? Yes, yes, it does, and um, we're really enjoying learning about that. And you know some of our really good partners, particularly in, you know in the targeting space, for example, um, the things that we've done through them. Um, has meant because of the, the way that they find traffic has meant that we've we've learned as we've come along and a lot of our you know you're asking about the skill sets mm. our our um, recruitment process and the things that we're asking people in interviews has changed because of that so yes it does require um, a new skill set. Mm. 
And I know when we last spoke, Stephen, um, the kind of, you know, the, the international expansion was very much high on your agenda. How's that kind of panned out? And, you know, has the kind of the Eurozone and the, the difficulties in, 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 in Europe made quite a big impact on the kind of performance marketing world? Yeah, I think we were launching Italy when we spoke last mm-hmm. time. Uh, well, there's two things. One is us expanding our international client base into the markets that we already serve. Um, so where we have a program in one market um, and those advertisers are active, obviously getting them um, launched on our existing platforms. I think we have about 11 now. Mm. I think that's about right. Um, but also as we're growing and launching our new markets, and we're interested in India and Australia and Brazil in particular, um, and and doing the same thing, rolling out our big advertisers. Uh, we recently, um, you know, we won Burberry and Net-A-Porter, and we have some international opportunities with them. Um, and uh, that will help us with our ambitions with international expansion. I'm doing a session on this at the Performance Inn event in Amsterdam, actually. Fantastic. In yeah. the afternoon of the first day. So anyone listening is welcome to attend. Yeah, no, and I mean, you kind of alluded there to some of those countries that you were seeing as the big expansion opportunities. How do you kind of see, you know, what's exciting about those spaces? And I suppose also to ask the question as well, I've heard a lot of people recently kind of talking about um, Africa within that mix as well. It's kind of, how's that kind of panning out in terms of those, you know, developing markets that you think, you know, people would be wise to be exploring from a digital marketing perspective? Well, the evaluation of the proposition um, is very important and there's, there's a great deal of things to consider. I mean, you know, we'd obviously, for, for web gains, you know, we want to explore markets where perhaps the network penetration is uh, not quite as deep as some of the other markets, you know, so um, we can steal a march, perhaps. Um, depends on consumer behavior. It depends on our advertisers and whether they're active in different markets. It depends on the economic climate of these um, potential markets. So there's, there's probably four or five big factors. You know, there's a whole logistics thing and a tax tax and VAT, contractual parts that we have to think about and understand. There's a language, there's a business about whether we would want account managers on the ground or we can run it remotely. So that, you know, there's, there's a, probably eight or ten variables that we look at when we investigate entering a new market. And uh, I mean, in terms of and potentially within those markets, kind of, I mean, you know, some of them, you know, mobile's the primary uh consumption device there is that kind of how's that kind of fitting into the, the world of performance marketing and yeah, is, there, sure. is it is it tricky kind of tying together those connections between someone who views it the first time on their desktop and kind of then converts on their mobile or, or probably more likely the other way around no well you're you're right that's one of the things i mean some of the some of the markets that we've looked at you know have a much higher penetration of mobile because it's a more affordable device so people are um you know the, the um penetration of of devices is much more heavily weighed in the case of uh, mobile phones than it might be in the UK, for example, where people are much more likely to buy on PCs or tablets. So we do, we look at that, and that does affect what we what we're trying to do. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's it. Definitely seems to be the way that it's headed. And it's, it's what is, I suppose, interesting for me is kind of an outsider, kind of coming from a search background and increasingly getting interested in performance and in um, you know um, other types of biddable media. Um, this is kind of how complex the ecosystem 
kind of integration between them. Is that yeah. tricky for you guys to manage? Because it must be, you know, you're at the center and you're kind of the connecting dot for, you know, many of these kind of um, relationships that you've got. How hard is that for you to kind of integrate where you'll have a client and they really need you to integrate with this analytics solution or that mobile payment provider? And, you know, how do you kind of prioritize that? And are there kind of particular things people should be looking into when they're kind of making these procurement decisions that might, you know, back them into a corner a little bit later down the line? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, again, it varies market by market. We've got to look at the proposition. If we're going into market X with five advertisers, uh, and if it's Australia, for example, we we may well choose a strategy where we pick five agencies and the top 10 publishers and and launch in that way and run remotely, you know, we may feel that, and you know, and, we, and the, the the assumption, which is largely right, I think, is that the commercial law and the tax environment is broadly similar to our own, so there's not many hurdles there. But if we looked at a different market, perhaps in the BRIC countries, um, it presents a whole different set of problems where taxation is, is extremely different, contractual law is extremely different, the setup with agencies or potential partners that might help us shortcut just doesn't exist. They may not have a central city like um, London or Paris where you can just go and set up and have all of the partners around you. You know, it's a much more complex um, proposition. So, you know, again, I'll repeat the answer. Each market is very different and you have to build a business case for each one and look at those those different things and and, uh, make an understanding about um, the priorities. And anyone kind of particularly who's impressed you who's kind of launched within that space? Because dealing with that complexity does sound, you know, that, that's the big challenge, isn't it? So, um, you know, local-based organisations you know, inevitably um, are going to, you know, have, you know, potentially a, a different set of strengths to someone who's kind of moving into the country. Is there kind of, you know, particular organisations or, you know, that you've seen that you've been impressed by that kind of uh, are doing a good job there? Because, you know, it, you would feel that, like, potentially, particularly some of the, the affiliates, that some of the stuff that, um, you know, finding the models that have worked really well in the UK and applying them in different markets with a, a bit of local knowledge from the people who are there potentially would be a, a, a good proposition. You know, kind of the, the voucher codes or the top cashbacks, the quid codes of, um, you know, these developing markets. Seems like there's a good opportunity there for someone who knows that space. Well, um, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head some really good examples of any of our competitors who've uh, entered into a market has been a blistering success, you know, recently, you know, in the last year or so. I, I can't really. I mean, obviously, the, the examples of, you know, link share in Europe and, and trade doublers roll out and the rest of it, and some really good examples of some strong launches in different countries. Um, in the last year or so, I, don't, I haven't really heard of anything that's sort of gone really well and suddenly there's a network that's, you know, boomed in a market. I mean, I've heard of withdrawals, particularly. Um, Japan and Russia, mm. a couple of our competitors have, have attempted to launch in those markets and have actually withdrawn recently. Um, but, you know, there's a worldwide recession on. So I think, you know, it's hard for, for us to do, the, you know, for, for any company to, to enter another market. So there's not a particularly good answer to this. But I, I don't think there's very clear examples of, of the big networks entering into a new market and, and really making impact mm. in, the, in the last year or two. But do you think, for kind of, from the the, the affiliates, kind of the pu- the publishers, I suppose, is they're kind of the equivalents there? Are they are they waiting on the networks? You know, it's like it's because there's this interesting symbiotic relationship, isn't it, where the networks are so key to the success of the you know the super affiliates that without them it would be tricky to kind of have the equivalents of you, yeah. know, you know the super affiliates that we get here in the UK. 
That's absolutely right. It's a good observation. And we, we um, for Italy, for example, when we, were, when we investigated and studied the opportunity in Italy, one of the things that we did was very much do it with some agencies, with some publishers that we knew. I, I had an international background, so I was able to make some introductions, and with our advertisers, and actually kind of launched the whole proposition as one with an advertiser, the network facility, and some key publishers, you know, probably just three or five of the top ones straight away. To get, so, so it does come as a package, if you like. So it's, it is a good observation. I think that's, that's a good safe strategy as a way of doing a reasonably simple um, launch into a new market. Yeah, I suppose it's a bit chicken and egg, isn't it? That, you know, if you, you, the affiliate business wouldn't work without the network and the advertisers, but the advertisers, you know, can't sell, you know, can't um, charge on a CPA, CPL basis if there's no one there providing those leads or, you know, acquirers there for them as well. It also, it also depends on the brand. I mean, if you've got, for, the, for us with Nike, um, you know, there's always, we always refer to, you know, for launches, there's two things to do. You've got to market the brand to the consumer, but you've got to also market to the publisher and the affiliate too. And for some brands like Nike, we had no problem with that. But if you're, if you're supporting a launch for an advertiser who's moving into a new market, you know, completely fresh, mm. and the affiliate or the digital is part of a, you know, wider marketing strategy, then you've got to understand that too. I mean, it won't be, it won't be simple about setting up a public program and putting it putting it up on the platform and hoping thousands of publishers join it you know it's far more complicated than that in the case of advertisers who are you know um, conducting a strategic entry into a new market and perhaps even you know with with offline shops or offline proposition shops and so on so again it's a bit case by case Fantastic. Well, I think a real great insight there in terms of kind of, you know, some of the some of the changes that have happened since we last spoke, Stephen, and some of the exciting things that are going on there and certainly um, plenty to kind of explore and look into further. I really appreciate that. Very good. Nice to speak to you, Calvin. Fantastic. Cheers to that. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org where you'll find show notes, links and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments and questions from you. If you want to send an email, send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number, if you're outside of the UK, it's plus four four one two seven three. 256150 if you're inside the UK it's 01273 256150 and you can leave a voice comment or question and we'll play it on the show also we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on iTunes itself well that's it for now Andy White signing off until next week on internet marketing Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.